Well, let me get this straight. You do dress like a bat. Like, a, like an actual bat. Worked for 20 years in Gotham. Oh, that shithole. If the fight comes, we'll need you. Don't count on it, Batman. Hello, Popheads. Welcome to issue 145 of the TomCast Popcast, coming to you from Zack Snyder's Poolside Grotto. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for checking out this quality, independent pop culture podcast. Please make sure you're following us on the social media, at TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcast, make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show, and giving us a sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. Remember, we are on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora. The list grows and grows and grows. We have a very exciting first show for you today, uh, but before we can talk about that, we have to do something very, very important. We have to thank the dedicated, the loyal, the official members of Pophead Nation, which you can become over at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. You can join the nation and gain access to our super sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current patrons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. Jeff is a co-host of the fantastic music podcast, The Ringing Ear, so be sure to check that out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the uh, Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, and our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company, right here in San Diego, California. And trust me, we got some Joker conversations to be having on this episode, so get ready for that. Um, let's dive into it. You know what? We got, a, we got an episode of the show. It's, it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this very episode of the show for a, for a long time, for the, of the, specifically of the content for this episode, and that would be Zack Snyder's The Snyder Cut of Justice League. Like, what is the proper way to title this? Is it, is it Zack Snyder's Justice League? Or is it Justice League The Snyder Cut? I guess we'll have to figure that out uh, over, the, over the course of time. I, maybe I should just look at the way it's labeled on HBO Max. That might be the best way to figure out the answer to that question. <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, what happened is the other day, uh, after, after a, a, a four-hour marathon session of, 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 of podcasting, or excuse me, a, a marathon session of, of just watching content, um, I got together with my brother Mark to have a conversation about the Snyder Cut, the four-hour uh, uh, epic that that is the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And, uh, you know, we atten- we tried to avoid doing too much uh, side-by-side comparisons to uh, the Whedon version of Justice League, uh, though some comparison was inevitable. Some, some comparison did have to happen uh, just to kind of contextualize everything. Um, but this was, I thought this was a really fun conversation because, uh, it, it, it was a movie that, um, uh, we, we both, I think we both ended up liking far more than we expected to going into it. You know, the, one of the things we've been saying here on the TomCast podcast leading up to the release of the Snyder Cut was like, listen, this, this could be a better version of Justice League, but that doesn't mean it will be a good movie. And, you know, yeah, (laughs) 
depending on how you look at it, you know, maybe you still don't think it's a good movie, but it's, it, I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think we can all agree for the most part, for like, like 99.9% of us can agree that it is a significantly better movie, a better Justice League movie than what we got from Joss Whedon, uh, you know, in 2017 or whatever it was when that was released. And, and, uh, yeah, so in, in essence, this podcast is almost a Snyder cut as well because, uh, Roger and I reviewed Justice League way back when, when it first came out. And, and, uh, yeah, don't worry. Uh, I think we both are going to like this. I'm going to, don't worry. And Roger's going to get to have his say on, on the Snyder cut as well. When, when he and I next convene, we will be getting his, his opinion on the movie as well. Um, but if, in the meantime, you're, you're stuck with me and my brother. And like I said, I think it's a fun podcast. We have a good time talking about this. And Mark is fired up in this one. Like sometimes Mark can be, you know, a little, a little, uh, you know, even keeled. But uh, he had some enthusiasm for this one. So he's fired up, amped up, ready to go. And I think that makes for an even better, better podcast when, when both of us are fired up and ready to go. So, so everyone, you know what you got to do before the show starts? You got to sit down, hold on to your butts. <laughs> I did it wrong. You think I have, after 145 episodes I have this down by now? No, no, no. You sit down, you buckle up, you hold on to your butts, and then you buckle up again. <laughs> Here we go. Is everyone all right? Okay. Good. It's okay. It's okay. It's over. You can stand up. It's all good. It's over now. You okay? You okay? Good. You okay, princess? Can I be like you someday? You can be anything you want to be. Come on, let's go. Hey, all right, joining me once again via Skype, my dear sweet brother, Mark. How the heck are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing okay, doing okay. Um, this is, this is two days in a row for you. I mean, we did, we did the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier yesterday. Now we're back to discuss the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Um, I mean, you're well on your way to being like a Joe Rogan level, uh, podcast personality at this point. How's that feel? Amazing. (laughs) I'm sure your social medias are blowing up. You got all kinds of celebrities sliding into your DMs. It's, it's gotta be good to be you right now blowing up but you know i hardly look hardly get i mean because you're so much above them i get it no not at all that's (laughs) that's not what i'm saying at all all right well hey it's as as is tradition on the on the tomcast podcast we like to enjoy a tasty beverage with the show uh what do you have today my friend uh same thing as yesterday the lucky luke brewing millwright oatmeal style okay okay uh, today I'm 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 kind of in your I, I kind of went to in your direction today, I'm I'm having the plain porter, a uh, an Irish style, uh, beverage brewed by Pizza Port and South Park Brewing Company and apparently the Drain family has something to do with this as well. I think they help maybe formulate the recipe. I got to look into okay. it a little bit more closely. But it's a it's a lovely Irish style porter, four point eight percent. This is this is the beer that I had on St. Patrick's Day and just enjoyed the heck out of it. Sounds good. It's it's delicious. Just a nice easy drinker, you know. Yeah, we don't we don't get a lot of pizza ports stuff up here. We get like their their bacon and eggs. Mm-hmm. I see that around, but that's kind of it. Okay, right on. Yeah, I think 
think the nearest one for you, you have to pop down to San Clemente. And if you're going to San Clemente, you might as well come down to my neighborhood and just we'll go to get go together. Right. <laughs> or I could meet you in San Clemente if you wanted. That we could do that too. Mm, I'd rather just go to San Diego. No, oh, right, fair enough. Not, yeah. Not a fan of that OC, huh? I, no, I, I like it, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know it as well. All right. Well, we are here to to discuss today the the much the much ballyhooed uh, Snyder Cut, the hashtag release the Snyder Cut, the the the, the online campaign in which the fans uh, went after Warner Brothers, demanding the release of Zack Snyder's version of Justice League. Uh, because uh, you know, as as the story goes, uh, Zach left the project when it was unfinished uh, due to due to a, a family tragedy, uh, you yeah. know, a, a circumstance that that he had to be with his family to deal with, to to be there for them, uh, and he left the project. And uh, the now, um, I, I guess I I feel like it's fair to call him the now reviled Joss, Joss Whedon came on board to to help uh, steer this project to completion. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Let's not. As far as Joss Whedon is concerned, you know, like I, like everyone's piling on, and and I, I you know, everyone everyone hates him. But it, as of as it stands right now, my understanding is it's all just allegations. So I don't want to. Well, that's. I mean, to know. to be fair, sure they are allegations, but they are uh, very strong allegations, and some of yes, the stories they are. that I that I've heard from some of the people that are coming out and and talking about him are. Uh, concerning, uh, his ex-wife has said many, many things that are also very alarming, and, yeah. and uh, that's yeah. So uh, a man who has sort of fallen from grace, but at the time, I feel like a lot of people were uh, very—I don't know if "excited" is the right word—but they were like, "Oh, Joss Whedon's going to come on board and and you know bring this thing across the finish line and drive this thing to home plate." I, I feel like there was some positivity associated with him coming on board. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, I think you're remembering that correctly. I remember, I remember thinking to myself like, mm, you know, that that seems like a, a wise choice, you know. Yeah, and it it, uh, it also seemed like, and maybe I, in, in my memory of, of of what was going on at the time, it sort of seemed like Warner Brothers was kind of relieved to get this project away from Zach, uh, because they had their own ideas about what they wanted this movie to to be, uh, you know, and they wanted it to be apparently much more like a Marvel movie, you know, lighter in tone and, and, uh, and generally more of that Marvel vibe instead of like sort of like the bleak dark that, that Zach was living in for his uh, Snyderverse. Yeah. And, you know, I think at the time, rightly so, uh, because that was the, that was one of the main criticisms about the Snyder films and I, you know, I think Warner Brothers heard that, and they they did. They wanted to steer it in in the other direction. Um, you know, they just didn't they just didn't realize what a mess that could that could end up as. Yeah, it, it sort of seemed like a lot of executives at Warner Brothers uh, read a lot of the negative press about Batman vs Superman, you know, the Dawn of Justice film. Because uh, that came out and, and and got a lot of a lot of pretty harsh criticism, and I think it made, you know, the the Warner Brothers executives kind of kind of you know start quaking in their boots a little bit about this Justice League movie that they were, um, you know, hoping and praying was going to be the start of something huge for them. Yeah, you know, I I also think though, I, 
that movie, that theatrical version of Justice League, it also just feels like they just wanted it to be over with. <laughs> you think they were just kind of giving up their throwing in the, in the towel? I, th- like, I think so. I think they were just like, we're done with the Snyderverse. And they just they just wanted to move on from it. As as far as whether or not yeah, I, I don't I don't think you release that movie the way it was, thinking it was gonna be a big hit. There there's no way anybody could look at that movie and say, This is good. Yeah. Yeah, and and um you know, we won't we won't get into too much of the controversy with, with the Joss Whedon stuff and, and the Ray Fisher allegations. You know, I, I don't necessarily want to go down that path because I, I don't feel uh, informed enough to really comment too much on them. Um, right. You know, though Ray Fisher has strong allegations, and, and if, they're, if if true, which they kind of sort of seem like they are proving to be true, uh, that's one thing. But uh, um, let's, let's kind of keep the movie talk to the movie talk, I guess, right? Yeah, I, you know, just to kind of clarify what I was saying before, it's like like all this stuff is like their allegations, their accusations, and they're they're very serious, and it doesn't look good for Joss Whedon. But you know, let's wait until we have like some final clarity on it. So yeah, fair, hey, fair enough. All right, so let let's let's get to the 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 big. Uh, actually, I sh- actually before we do that, before we get to the big question, I mean, I I should say of the theatrical cut. I you know I I, I remember uh, coming on the show and and um it it was kind of hard to find the right words to talk about the movie. I think I sort of said something like along the lines of like it's fine. Um you know it, what there was some things I liked about it but some things I didn't. I thought the I, I do believe I probably criticized the movie for being disjointed. Mm-hmm. Uh because I think that was pretty apparent. Yeah. And um you know, but it, the, I think the really interesting part was after I went on the record with my thoughts, I was like, ah, it's fine. And subsequent re- rewatches of the of the movie, as I kind of would go back and watch it again, I, I just, it 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 really wasn't good. <laughs> it, no, it's, it, it's an ab, it's an absolute mess. Yeah, and it, it, every time you watch it, like you just see more of the of the flaws and the, and the cracks in it, and and um, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a pleasurable rewatch at this point. No. And and I'll, I'll be honest, I did start to rewatch it again after watching the Snyder Cut because, uh, as I watched the Snyder Cut, there were there were moments where I was like, "Was this was was this the scene the same way?" You know, like there were things that I had, I had questions about. I was like, "Oh, I remember the scene, but I remember it being very different." Right. Uh, so so I I've, I've kind of gone back and started rewatching the Joss Whedon version just out of curiosity. As I kind of yeah. compare and contrast the two now, but we we're not going to do a, necessarily a big co- compare and contrast like scene by scene or anything like that. Like we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut as yeah. the Snyder Cut, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's ask the big question: uh, Yay or nay on the Snyder Cut? Are you a fan? I'm going to give it a very slight yay. <laughs> very slight. Okay. Hey, that's fair. Um, yeah. I also fall into the yay category. I I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it's not without uh, uh, flaws and, and things that can be critiqued and criticized, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about a couple of those uh, uh, in this in this episode. Uh, but but what were some of the things that you, like? What was your big takeaway? Like, what were the things you really liked about this version? Um, just off the top of my head, I thought this movie was gorgeous to look at um 
you know, I, I think one of the things that DC films actually do have over Marvel is, I think, the cinematography. And I thought the cinematography in this was fantastic. Um, I think it really helped that this was Snyder's original vision. And, you know, it it definitely had that sort of color palette that he had originally intended. And so everything looked really good again. Um, and I think I, I enjoyed the, the slow burn of it. And I just found it to be immensely entertaining. All right, but you, you only give it a slightly, slightly gay. So there's obviously some negatives. Because I think in the grand tradition of all of Zack Snyder's DC Cinematic Universe films, it's a giant mixed bag. Okay. So. No, that, that's that's a com- completely fair point. Um, uh, I, I like the movie a lot. I well, listen. Let me, let me get this out of the way real quick. I, I did not enjoy the the four three aspect ratio of this film. Okay. That bummed me out. Well, we can talk about that. Um, Brandon, I did look, you are uh, yeah. you are you are the, the 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 director on this podcast. You know about these things. So so talk uh-huh. to me. Let's let's not get crazy. I, I wouldn't call myself a director. <laughs> you directed more movies no, than I have. So so I did a little bit of research into this, okay. you know, because okay. I was like, why is this in four three? And it actually turns out, it, and you know, people have been saying, well, that's how that that, that was his original vision. Right. To which at first I thought, well, that's bullshit. But then I looked it up, and no, it turns out that Zack Snyder filmed it in four three um, for IMAX. Ah. And oh, so, okay. And so I also went back and looked at the theatrical version of Justice League, Joss Whedon's Justice League, and I looked at some of the shots that are are the same between the two films, and it actually turns out that in the theatrical version, they cropped it. They cropped the top and bottom of it so that it would fit to a 16 by 9 frame. So this is actually the way the movie is supposed to be seen. That is really interesting. Yeah. Now, I will say I don't necessarily agree with Zack Snyder changing his sort of cinematic language because Man of Steel and BVS were both uh, 235 aspect ratio for yeah. a wide screen. I don't agree with that decision, but I do want to see the movie as he originally intended it, and, and this is that. Yeah. So. No, and while it was a little... Um... I don't want to say like, it wasn't like jarring, but it, it was like, oh, that's what we're doing here. Um, once the movie got going, though, I, I I didn't care anymore. I was I I was really uh, I was really pleased with the movie, and I got into it really quickly. And and you know, even though like the the bars on the side there were you know a little annoying, but I I quickly forgot about it as as I was watching the film because I I was enjoying so much of it. Yeah, I I sunk right into it. It it, it didn't bother me that much. I, I think my the, the biggest impression I can take away from this movie was was uh, I really liked the 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 sort of uh, grandiose nature of it. Like it was it felt very much more epic than than Joss's version, and it it, it was you know darker. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little it was almost like operatic in a sense. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It it just seemed to hit more of the right notes this time around. Uh, a lot of the character stuff was better than I expected it to be. 
a lot yes. of the stupid humor was removed, and rightly so, because it, it fell yeah. out of place in the in the first film. Yeah. Um, and I, I I liked the way that we were sort of introduced to the characters in a, in a different fashion, as opposed to just kind of being thrown in the mix. Yes. I so I I enjoyed that quite a bit. I liked the changes to uh, the parademons. I did, you know, they getting rid of that. They smell fear stuff. Uh, I don't, even, I don't even remember that, but okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I went back because I was, I, um, after watching the Snyder cut, I, I was like, there's something different with the parademons in this one because they, uh, you know, uh, Steppenwolf kept sending them out because they could sniff out the mother boxes, right? And I was like, that, that's not, that's not what they did in the first one, right? So I, I did rewatch that sequence and remember, you remember. How the movie kind of sort of opens with that big scene of, of Batman using yeah. a criminal to, to lure out a parademon because they smell fear. Yeah. And I as I watched it, I, I, I you know, and I probably thought of this before, but I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is to set up the very end of the movie when Steppenwolf becomes afraid of the Justice League and the parademons all attack him. I forgot that even happened. Yeah, that that's basically how Steppenwolf gets defeated after Superman starts whipping his ass. Um, right. You know, and and uh yeah. <laughs> I don't again, I don't want to go too much into Whedon's version, but yeah. I, I I did like that change to the Parademons. I really liked uh Steppenwolf having a bit of a, a a motivation and a bit of an arc in this one that he didn't have the first time around. He just was kind of like the bad guy. Here he is. He's trying to get these boxes. Yeah, he was just kind of like an emissary of, of Darkseid. Um, and yeah, Steppenwolf, is, he's much better in this. He looks a lot better. And um, to go to what you were saying about the Parademons, like the, the Parademons actually felt threatening in, in this version, I thought. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I, I, let's kind of go character by character, but we'll... I think the biggest, the, obviously, the biggest changes for some of the characters in this film uh, are, are Flash and Cyborg, get, getting a lot more screen time, getting a lot more yeah. fleshed out, a little bit more, you know, a lot more development in their arcs. Um, I really liked the stuff with Cyborg. I thought it was great. Yeah, uh, I, I was, I was really uh, compelled by his, his, you know, the, the, the stuff with his mom, the relationship with his dad, the way he, his dad, you know, forced him to be what he is. I, I, I thought that arc was so good, and, and Joe Morton as his father was so good. Yeah. Um, I, I, that was one of the really compelling parts of the movie, I felt. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. Um, again, I know we're not doing a compare and contrast, but I think, you know, when I watched the original version, it's just like, who cares? I don't even understand what this character's deal is, you know? Um, and, and in this, it's like, yeah, you do actually, you actually care about Cyborg, and, and it all... It all makes sense and it all works. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know the 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 the, the stuff with you know seeing him like as a good person before and after uh, his transformation and and kind of trying to kind of understand his pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I I just felt it was very compelling, and I liked him so much more in this version than I did in the first one. Yeah, I agree. Don't don't I don't have much to add. To yeah, I, I you know again I'm I, <laughs> we're not comparing and contrasting, but I guess I'm going to compare and contrast here. But I I felt like he was just like a cheap Iron Man knockoff in the in the first in the first in in Whedon's version. A little bit, and you know what he he still felt 
a little bit that way. You know, there were definitely some Iron Man-esque moments, but, uh, you know, but, but overall, because of, because we're getting the backstory of the character and we learn more about him, it's forgivable, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. All right, let, let's talk a little bit about, about, about Flash here. We get a lot more of, of the Flash of, uh, Ezra Miller. Yeah. I, I, this was probably the part of the film that I, I that resonated the least with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy getting to meet Barry Allen in this fashion. Uh, but that's partially because this is a version of Barry Allen that I don't understand. They do a better job of trying to make me understand. I just don't care for it. Yeah, I I hate this version of Barry Allen. And I, I would say most of my, my gripes about this movie kind of stem from this. I, I think what they've done to The Flash is insulting to fans of that character. <laughs> I, I, I think it's so awful. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy about this this take on him. I don't care for the, the costume at all in this. I hate the costume. I hate the portrayal. Um, you know, I don't want to be too hard on Ezra Miller. I, I don't think he's good in this role, but I also understand that he's just working with what he's given. Mm-hmm. So, and I think what he's being given is not good. <laughs> I think you're. I I think I agree with you on that. Um, uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Uh, should, should we talk about that that sort of opening scene when he saves? I'm I'm guessing it's Iris. Yes, from, I, from I, the was, car crash. I was definitely gonna get into that because I I had yeah I had thoughts on that. <laughs> okay. So yeah. yeah, we're introduced to this 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 trucker is rolling into Central City, right? Oh boy! <laughs> yep. and, and he uh, he—it's such a weird scene. I—he's uh, rolling through Central City. He—he he drops his hamburger. <laughs> yeah, he's eating a hamburger while he's driving through the city. Yeah, he drops it. Is not looking because he's trying to get his hamburger off the floor of the truck. He crashes yep. into a hot dog cart, sending yep. hot dogs flying through the air. Hot dogs and buns. Hot dogs and buns, uh, and then he crashes into Iris's car. Who uh, Iris is coming out of the store that Barry is going into to apply for a job as like a, a dog walker, or a dog sitter, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and and we see the Flash spring into action as is, as this truck is is racing towards Iris, and they have a collision. Yeah. Um. I my, I guess my favorite part of this scene <laughs> was uh was Barry when he when he busts out of his shoes, and that was at the very beginning of it. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I like the idea and the concept of it in the sense of we're seeing just how fast he moves and how fast he thinks and acts, you know, but, but then outside of that, I think, I think the execution is, is not good. And the, the scene has a very strange tone to it. It does. It really, really does have a strange tone to it. it it's almost like, why is this here? <laughs> yeah. Because is you're it, getting this kind of it's like a weird comedic beat almost it, it is and and that's the problem it, it, it's so many things at the same time you're getting this weird moment where it's like you've got this 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 romantic esque song playing in the background, kind of like a love at first sight thing between Barry and Iris, and he's admiring her as she floats through through the air as she's being thrown from her 
convertible. Right. Um, but then at the same time, she's floating through the air, which is littered with hot dogs. <laughs> well, hot dog, like like an edible sex metaphor. <laughs> and and then he he pulls a hot dog out of the air and puts it in his pocket and so you have that weird comedic beat like this is not the time for a comedic beat like what are you doing um and and yeah and then it just kind of you know he rescues her and her car flips and explodes and it it's just a very like i i was just like this is embarrassing yeah, I, I, I didn't like the scene either. Um, one of the things, again, I, I agree with you on the tone. It seems so weird. Like, it was like this weird comedic beat. Uh, and, and, and not to mention the fact that like the trucker just keeps on going after hitting all these cars, uh, you know, her car and the hot dog stand. He's just like, meh, got my burger. Just keep on going. But in that... Well, no, didn't, didn't, didn't the truck... I thought the truck like crashed a little further down the road. My, my big complaint about it was, was that Barry didn't go to check on him. No, that too. Though I, yeah. I, I did enjoy the shout-out on the, on the trailer, the, 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 guy, uh, the guy Fox uh, mention. One of, the, one of the creators of the character. Oh, I actually I did not. Catch I, that. It, it might have been, it might have been both characters' name, both creators' names put together. I, I can't remember exactly, but I thought it was a nice little uh, tribute to to the to, to Flash creators on the on that side of the truck on the trailer. Okay. Um, I actually I didn't catch it. So, but uh, um, uh, I should say the in what am I? Okay, so sorry. I'm <laughs> this scene is just it was kind of mind boggling, and I'm having a hard time communicating that with you right now. But right. in that moment where where Iris is being thrown from her car, in in imminent death on its way, right, mm-hmm. and and Barry, you know, staring deeply into her eyes and, and her beautiful face, I mean, she like shouldn't she have an expression of sheer fucking terror on her face instead of like I'm co- I'm a cover model. I don't, you know, it was so weird. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, I didn't think about that. You're, you're probably right. I, I maybe what they were just going for was that it, it all happened so fast that she didn't have time. Although she did have time to react because she tried to swerve out of the way and it didn't happen. So yeah, I think you're right. She probably would have been screaming her head off. Yeah, it should have been way more like her freaking the f out as, as opposed to like gaze upon my beauty, Barry. No, hey man, if she's gonna go out, she's gonna go out style. I guess, I guess. <laughs> I, I, but I, I bumped up against that. I just thought it was so odd, and um, I don't know if I want to use the word creepy, but it was a little weird because they were like basically leering at each other that entire scene. <laughs> well, he was certainly leering at her. I didn't get a creep vibe from it. I, I feel like it, it. It's just kind of I. You know, I, I think the criticism of, of Zack Snyder as being a little bit style over substance is uh, very legitimate. And I think this is one of those cases where, yeah, he definitely put the style ahead of the story. Well, and I, another uh, thought I had about it was I, um, Barry seems to be pretty good with his powers um, at this point. You know, he's been using them yeah. for a while, and we see him later in the in the in the in the in the movie in the film use his vibrational powers. So I don't know why he has to bust through so many windows to to do things. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, he just caused a lot of property damage <laughs> instead of just yeah. phasing through that glass door. Um, yeah, you'll hear no argument 
for me on that again again one of those things I, I didn't I didn't think about but but yeah sure but I did like his use in the third act or in the in the in the film's climax I I, I thought that was a really strong uh, way to highlight the flash and, and his uh, power capabilities how uh, how uh, you know he's not just it's not just running fast for the flash like he can do a lot of other really cool stuff. And yeah. they they highlighted that pretty well, so I, I got to give Zach credit for that. Like as weird as that intro scene was, with with Iris in the car crash and the, and the hot dog he puts in his pocket, as weird as that is, um, I did like the way they used him at the end. Like the third act of this movie, I thought was pretty darn stellar. I thought I thought the third act was very solid. I and yes, I I agree. I I think that moment. I'm sure we'll come back to it. I think that I think that moment at the end showcasing his power set, like. Like that genuinely made me so happy. Like I had a big old smile on my face watching it. Um, you know, unfortunately, some of the stuff they did with him leading up to that, I didn't think was was great. No, I, um, I, I'm with you on that. I you yeah, know, I, it, it, he was a bit misused in a lot, in, in some scenes, um, and maybe that's part of, kind of part of what Zach wanted to do with his development, like you know, kind of give him that confidence. You know, by some of the failures in in earlier in the film. Sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know for sure if that was the intention or not. But I did. I did like the way he kind of paid off in the end. It, it, yeah. It it actually reminded me. I don't know if if you watched the the Justice League cartoon, the one that uh, uh, Bruce Tim was involved in. I've seen some episodes, but but not many. Yeah. They they use it's it's Wally Flash, which is my favorite Flash personally. Um, me too. It's so it's it's Wally, and they. they for t- for almost two seasons, uh, the uh, you know you just kind of see the Flash just running fast and, and you know doing his things right, and yeah. it's it, it's in the season two finale this like massive battle against like Lex Luthor's forces that you really get to see what Wally can do and and it, as as a Flash fan and as a Wally West fan I I kind of had that reaction that you just described, you know when, when we saw this Flash do that and and kind of just like show how how powerful he can be. You know, yeah. and have that power test, not just, I just run fast. Yeah. It, so, it's, when, when, when they do the flashes, when they do the flash right, it's, it, it's so much fun. It's just so cool. Yeah, and, and you know, and maybe part of the problem is, is like, the flash does have a, a really good power set, but uh, uh, you can't highlight it too often or else, or else it gets a little boring. Yeah, you, you kind of, that and like you kind of get into a world of troubles where it's like, well, why doesn't he just do this? Why doesn't he just do that? Right, right, right. Kind of right. thing. Yeah. Um, the the way he uses his powers, the way the way that uh, they are shown to us as the audience, not that different from from the Joss version, but I mean, did you still like it? Like the way he's a, you know, everything's moving super slow around him, but he's turning and and seeing things and doing things. You, did you still like like did that work for you aesthetically? Uh, it worked for me aesthetically. I, I didn't like that. I, I felt like they kind of held on him too long in in a lot of those situations where it's like we're just kind of seeing uh, Ezra Miller kind of gawk a little stupidly at whatever's happening around him. It's like, eh, you know, and, and, and that's kind of where I get into sort of like my... Um, dislike of, of of the performance uh but as far as it, you know like like the lightning effects all around him and stuff um that i really liked um 
and and again Ezra Miller runs very strangely. It's very unique the way he decided to do that interpretation of the Flash's running motion. It's it's like he's underhand throwing things. The way <laughs> he moves his hands, I don't I don't get it, and I don't like it. Well, he's trying out for the softball team at Pepperdine. Yeah, it looks it looks more like he's trying to play Gambit. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe that was that Ezra Miller's real wish was to be Gambit. Maybe. Or as uh, Hugh Jackman calls him, Gambit. Is that what he calls him? Well, in that, in that terrible Wolverine Origins movie, it is. I, I forgot that movie exists. <laughs> well, that'll be a different podcast. We'll get into that yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> um, I, I think that's all I have to say about about the Flash uh, at this point. Um, yeah. Let, but let's talk. Let's talk about of Jason Momoa himself, the Aquaman. Okay. How do how this work out for you? How, how were the changes for you with Aquaman? It felt kind of the same. Um, again, I don't. I guess I don't remember that much from from the theatrical version. Um, so it felt kind of the same. But you know, I, I think I liked him more in this version. But at the same time, like this character bumped up against me a little bit as well. Uh, I, I remember at one point it was the um, it was a scene after he 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 saves the the sailor from the storm and he drags him into the bar right 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 takes the whiskey and he's just like drinking whiskey as he walks back into the water and all the water just like oh like screw you with your dumb edgy interpretation of this I I just just didn't like it. I mean, it like it's fine, and and Jason Momoa is is fine in it. I, I think it's just the depiction of the character that I think is a little. Eh, it's not quite my Aquaman. No, that's a fair. That's completely fair. And um, you know, I, I've said it before on the show. Momoa's won me over with his take on Aquaman and 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 all that. What what I thought was what I liked about this. What I what I took away from this that I, that I really enjoyed was. Um, oh, and what I noticed as well was was how much of the Aquaman movie was influenced by what Whedon put on the screen, mm-hmm. uh, and then seeing what Snyder wanted to put on the screen, and and, and kind of thinking about how that might have changed what the Aquaman movie was. Uh, because I love seeing uh, Willem Dafoe's Volko in this, and mm-hmm. kind of talking more about the the power and the responsibility that that Aquaman has, you know to come to Atlantis to, to, to be the ruler. They, they make mention of ocean master and, 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 and terror groups and, and uh, terrorist groups in, in Atlantis. Um, like there's a lot of interesting material in there that I'm like, Whoa, what's this? This is wild. Okay. But it's stuff, you know, obviously that can't be followed up on because what Joss Whedon changed influenced the movie that James Wan made. Okay. So I haven't seen Aquaman. Oh my. Yeah, I, I it, like I'd kind of given up on on DC movies. I think at that point, um, but um, but yeah, like I mean, I, I did catch all those references. Like I, I caught the reference to Ocean Master, um, but but yeah, because I because I haven't I haven't seen Aquaman, I can't really say too much one way or the other. I I liked it when Willem Dafoe showed up. I don't remember if he was in the theatrical cut or not, but I was like. Willem Dafoe. I always like it when Willem Dafoe shows up in something. I do too, and I I like this version of Mara better. 
Was? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like this version of Mera better. Uh, it, uh, you know, obviously Amber, Amber Heard is a bit of a controversial figure right now in the in the in the media, but uh, I I enjoyed her more natural hair color as opposed to like the really bright wig she's wearing in 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 the Aquaman film. Yeah, um, and I, sure. I, I I liked the sort of warrior nature of of her in this movie. Um, and another thing I like too that I I, I don't believe was in the the Joss Whedon version is. I loved all the talk about the Atlanteans versus the Amazons and how like they're kind of a like these two societies at war with each other, even though they're like these uh, kind of like a you know no one believes they exist anymore kind of thing. I love yeah. that. I thought that was super cool. I I enjoyed that. Um, going back to Mira, did she have a British accent in in the Aquaman movie? No, and I don't believe she did. I don't believe she did in in Whedon's version either. Again, like I said, uh, like the way the it's interesting to see how that movie influenced what James Wan did with his. Well, I will say that getting rid of it was a very good idea. <laughs> and totally fair. But now that now that you have HBO Max for at least a month, Mark, you can watch Aquaman the movie. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> and you can see uh, Boba Fett himself in it. Oh, because he plays uh, Aquaman's dad, right? Yes, that is that is correct. All right. And they, they get drunk together at a bar. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, for the, I, I don't feel like they, they changed too much of Aquaman in, in the movie. Uh, partially because I'm, I'm sure Whedon was under instructions not to, because I think at this point DC was, you know, planning, or Warner Brothers, I should say, was planning the Aquaman film, and they wanted to... Uh, you know, feature Aquaman a lot in this so that uh, there'd be an audience to go see that movie when it came out. If I'm not mistaken, I think they were already shooting it. My my Aquaman was was in production, I think, for a long time. It, it, it very possibly was. Like, James Wan might have been filming parts of it at the same time as, as the movie, as, as this was wrapping up. Because, you know, Joss was doing reshoots, basically. So it could have been going on. Yeah, and, and I, just, I just remember James Wan saying uh, sometime after Batman versus Superman, but before Justice League, uh, to tell fans kind of like he was saying to fans not not to worry that even though it took place in, in the Snyder, the Snyder verse, that um, it was going to be very different tonally than than the Zack Snyder films. Yeah, well, and I guess Warner Brothers has come out and said that like. You know, in the canon of the DC films, like the the Whedon version is the one that counts. Interesting. Very interesting, and you know, but I I don't know if I trust an executive of Warner Brothers to to hold to that. So we'll we'll see what happens there. I, th I think they're going to change their mind. <laughs> they might. I think a lot of people are watching the Snyder cut, and I think it seems like a lot of people, audience wise, are enjoying it. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get to the the Trinity. Of, of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, uh, I do want to discuss the inclusion of Martian Manhunter in this version. Martian Manhunter, okay. one, of, one of my favorite characters from the DC universe. Uh, even I... though, even though I don't necessarily care for what they've done to him in the last like ten-ish, fifteen-ish years, uh, a character that I do like quite a bit, I have a, a love for. You know, I love those B, C level characters. You know. Mm -hmm. and, Mar and Martian Manhunter kind of qualifies for that, even though the fact is the fact of the matter is he's basically as powerful as Superman. He just doesn't get the love. 
Yeah, yeah. I would definitely put him as a B and not a C. Yeah, okay. Hey, hey, I love that. I love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like Martian Manhunter. I, I think he's a great character. I don't get as excited as you do, but, but yeah, I'm a fan. He loves those Choco cookies, man. They're the best. <laughs> All uh, right. What did you think of his inclusion? What did you think of how the, this is working out? I like the fact that Martian Manhunter is in this movie. I don't like the fact that Martian Manhunter's secret identity is the the general from Man of Steel and 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 Batman versus Superman because it it just it makes no sense. <laughs> it makes absolutely zero sense that Martian Manhunter would do absolutely nothing as Zod prepares to destroy the planet in Man of Steel, and as Doomsday trashes Metropolis and uh, Gotham in Batman vs. Superman. Well, and not to mention, uh, in this movie, you know, uh, he, he yeah. doesn't do anything with Steppenwolf. You could, you could make the argument that in those first two movies, maybe he wasn't Martian Manhunter yet. Uh, you know, perhaps John Jones hadn't uh, taken over General Lennox, Lennox's... Uh, identity or something like that like, like there, there's ways that to make that work okay that maybe, right. you know maybe he wasn't there for those first two films uh but that doesn't seem to be what they're implying it seems to be like implying that he was there all along so yeah, yeah i do agree with you that that it's sort of like the one thing that i'm like really marsh manager is going to stay on the sidelines for all three of these movies and, and until after they're done he's like hey by the way i want to sign up <laughs> yeah it's like no he wouldn't because because he lost a planet already, so why would he sit by while his adopted home is destroyed? Yeah, that that's my critique of it as well. As much as I love the character, I was left with these questions of, of like, well, why is he not doing anything? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and um, I think design-wise, I I more or less liked it. Yeah. So no, I did too. Know. And but yeah. it made me it made me remember. Oh, uh, you know, I I feel like it, maybe. I, let me know if you remember it differently than I, but like leading up to the first, you know, Whedon's version of Justly coming out, like wasn't like one of the teaser posters, didn't it say something like Unite the Seven? Yes. And, you know, we end up with a movie with six characters in it. Right. And it feels like, I feel like no one's mentioned that at all, that they sort of kind of forgot about that. And I wonder if Snyder was told at some point, like, like listen, we're not doing this March of Manhunter bullshit. We don't think it's a viable character. We don't care. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, that that could have been the case um, just because, you know, my understanding is that, that going into Justice League because of the mixed reactions to Man of Steel and in particular Batman versus Superman, he was experiencing a lot more pushback from from the studio. So I think that's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, again, I have no basis uh, for that to be a fact, but it, it seems reasonable. Yeah. Uh, all right. Again, before we get to the Trinity, I I, I want to I want to shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk a little bit more about about the villains. Um, okay. Again, I, I really like I really liked this take on Steppenwolf. I liked that he had an arc. I liked that he was kind of on like probation with Darkseid, and he was trying to he was uh, trying to get back in his good graces. He had a lot more to do in this movie. I, I understood him a lot more in in the sense that like okay I kind of get it like his his drive to find these boxes for Darkseid, yeah, and uh, visually I did think it worked a lot better. Uh, at first I kind of was like I, I kind of goffed at like this like overly shiny spiky armor that he's wearing, 
but I really grew to like it as I watched the film. Yeah, I, I really liked it from the beginning. I was like, that's like it, it's kind of a cool design. It, it, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of like old chain mail, but I like how. Uh, you know, like when when he first shows up on on uh, Themyscira, and um, you know they shoot him with the arrows, and it kind of it, it breaks the arrows off yes, for him. Yeah, kinda, like, I, yeah, that was yeah, really they, cool. They, yeah, they gave it kind of a purpose. I was like, oh, I like that. Um, I did want to pause this real quick here to mention that I just I just popped over to uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, critic wise, Snyder uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is getting a seventy four percent from critics. The okay. audience score is ninety six percent. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild, right? Yeah. So, so, so people are watching this and they're going, they are really, really liking it. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad people are liking it. Yeah. No, no. So am I. Like, I think there's a lot to like about this movie. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's get let's let's get to a um. <laughs> for me at least what what the the inclusion that I was uh, very excited to see but also kind of like cautious about cuz I was like I was like how is this going to play but let's talk about dark side himself okay what'd you think i i i liked it i i thought the design was great and i was i was happy to i was happy to see him um no, you, you tell me what, what you thought, because I want to go into that sort of flashback scene where we see the... That, that was where I was going to get us there after, after this, yeah. Um, no, I really enjoyed it as well. I liked him a lot. I thought his inclusion was uh, very important for this movie. Like, it, it was such a missing element the first time around. Yeah, you know, like these sort of like vague hints of of, of dark side and and all this other stuff. I liked that we saw him. I liked that he was like this looming threat, um, and I love that through dark side they make a lot of really nerdy comic book references that I that I got a kick out of. Um, okay, but uh, you know, Steppenwolf says it very early in the film how the great darkness is coming, and I almost lost my mind because that's, like, one of the legendary Dark Side comic book stories is called the Great Darkness Saga. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's a Legion story, so I know that's not... I know the Legion's not your, your in your wheelhouse, necessarily. Right. But it, it's one of, like, the great Dark Side stories where, where Dark Side kind of, like, reappears uh, in the 31st century to, to battle the Legion. Uh, it, okay. It's pretty badass. And, and uh, um, obviously, the big reference, the, the big important detail here, like... What they're really after all along, the anti-life equation. Yeah, I, first off, I'm, I'm I'm not clear on what the anti-life equation is. I feel like I've I've heard about it before, like I've read it some somewhere along the way, but I don't quite remember it. But do you think like I didn't take that as like oh this is what they've been after all along because it, wasn't it just kind of like oh the anti-life equation it just. It just happens to be here on Earth while we're also doing this other thing. Well, it, I, I took it. I took it as, as like this is one of the reasons why Darkseid is doing what he's doing is because he's looking for this, and he knew okay. it existed on a planet, and he had found it at, at one point. But for whatever reason, it became like this lost planet, and he never found it again. And he's been searching, and I feel like that's why he's doing what he's doing with the destruction of of all these worlds. Is he's looking for this? How would he lose it? I, um, I, I. That's the one thing they don't explain, and that's probably like the one, like one of the, like the few little, uh, well, not not one of the few, but like one of the plot points that I remember where I'm like, all right, they didn't explain this, but they didn't necessarily have to explain this. 
didn't have to explain it, but I think at the same time, I, I kind of felt like they didn't have to include it either. Well, actually, they had to include it because of what they did at the end of the movie, <laughs> which we'll talk about that epilogue <laughs> in a little bit as well. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. But I know I like that. I mean, that that's the, the anti life equation is a big part of, of Darkseid's uh, goals in, in the comics for, you know, a million years now and whatever it's been. So its inclusion, I thought, was awesome. Okay. And I and I love getting to see other members of of the uh, of Apocalypse. I like I loved uh, seeing Desaad. I thought that was pretty damn cool. And uh, you get a flash of uh, Granny goodness too in the through the yep. boom tube. And by the way, yeah, no. I, I want to give a shout out to the boom tubes in this because I thought they were really cool. Yeah, I liked them. I liked yeah. them a lot more than what they did in the first one in the first version. Yeah, yeah I love me a good yeah. boom tube. What I'm, I guess what I'm curious about now too is is is. Uh, will this version of Apocalypse will it have anything to do with the the, the forthcoming New Gods movie that uh, Ava DuVernay is working on, or DuVernay, excuse me, or uh, is she just going a, just whole cloth doing something completely different? Yeah, I mean it's a good question, um, but I mean my guess is that the Snyderverse is over, and that she's going to do something. It'll be uh, wholly unique to her vision of the new gods. Yeah, I, I, I lean that way, but at the same time, I'm 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 really curious to see what Warner Brothers does because, as we pointed out, this this is getting good reviews. People people are enjoying this. the 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 other Justice League movie was was pretty maligned, and so I wonder if executives are going to step in and, and tell these other directors like, okay, the Snyderverse is kind of back on and, and, and not necessarily like have Zack Snyder be in charge of everything, but, but just tell them to make it a little more cohesive mm-hmm. if, if they can. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, the Snyderverse can't be completely dead. I mean, obviously Wonder Woman still exists within it and so does Aquaman movies. So, right. You know, there's always going to be some kind of, remainder i suppose yeah yeah but since we are talking about dark side we do have to talk about that epic epic battle uh the first time the dark side comes to earth the big battle for the mother boxes the humans you got the amazons the atlanteans uh was there anybody else the green lanterns are there green lanterns the old gods right the old gods that's right we see zeus yeah uh yeah i guess that was zeus Zeus and aries make make an appearance in this yeah, uh, I thought I thought it was really really fucking awesome. I really liked it. I liked it. I I didn't care for Gal Gadot's narration of it. Um, oh, okay. I I enjoyed that, but okay. Yeah, I I uh, yeah it 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 didn't it didn't have enough gravitas for me. Her her kind of her her reading of it, but you know that's that's kind of a I guess a, a nitpicky thing. But my question was um, like I like the fact that we saw Darkseid and and that that he was there because in the uh, in the theatrical version it, it was Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. But I will say doesn't it make more sense for it to have been Steppenwolf because. Uh, isn't that isn't that the failure that he's paying the price for? I don't think they ever clarify what the failure he is paying the price for. And maybe you're right. Maybe that was 
supposed to be the plan, and then Zach decided to mix it up and be like, well, listen, let's get Darkseid in this puppy right now. Though, uh, from what I, I have read of some of the test screenings of Justice League before Zach was off the project, Darkseid was in this movie a lot. So I don't know yeah. for sure. Okay. I mean, it, I mean, in, in, oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, we don't, we, you know, I, I think Steppenwolf's failure is just one of those things that we don't need to know the details about. We just have to know that he's trying to, to win the approval of Darkseid again. Yeah. To get back in his good graces in his favor. Yeah. And, and I mean, I get that. And you know, that that's a choice. And, um, I, I will say though that that I, I think it does kind of help round out Steppenwolf's arc if if we do see that failure, and kind of on top of that, again I like I I liked the scene and I liked seeing Darkseid in it, but I almost feel like in in seeing Darkseid and kind of seeing him defeated, it kind of takes a little a little bit of teeth away from him, mm-hmm. you know like. Like, um, you know, you, you, you go to, to, to Marvel with Thanos, we, he was this looming threat, and we didn't really see him in action until Infinity War. And, and I think they, they were smart in kind of saving that and, and, and letting it simmer. And here we just kind of see him in action, and he gets defeated. And I don't want to say defeated easily, but, you know, he, he took an axe to the shoulder and was kind of made a bitch out of. A lot of blood came so, out of that wound. A lot of blood. Uh, this movie had a lot of he, blood in it. <laughs> That's another thing we mentioned too. Yeah. So so I thought it kind of defanged him a little bit, and and I I do wonder if 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 having Steppenwolf be the leader of that battle might have been a better decision story wise. Okay. I you know fair enough. Um, what I did like. You you know you get that part where where uh, where where cyborg is having those visions of of like yeah. the, the, of like this dark future kind of thing, and I did really yeah. get to enjoy seeing uh, Darkseid just kind of crushing everybody and using his omega beams to like destroy Atlanteans. I thought that yeah, was, I thought that was great. Yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Oh man, yeah, though that was good. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's a lot of neat stuff in this movie, and a lot of, a lot of, you know, I, I think Zach, you know, whether it was the original intention to have that in there, or if Zach's like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm, you know what, whatever, I'm just throwing it all out there. Let's see what happens. You know, I don't know, but I think it was a good decision to do that. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the other thing about the 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 nightmare world that that Cyborg saw that I liked was we we kind of saw the aftermath of of the premonition that Batman had in in, in BBS, and you see Superman cradling batman's melted corpse was that batman's corpse i'm pretty sure because then in in like the next shot when we see superman hovering he's holding batman's empty cow Hmm. okay i'll have to rewatch the scene i don't i don't remember it necessarily that way but you could be right i'm pretty sure that's what that hey i'll just i'll just assume you're right and, and go from there and if uh if you're wrong when i watch it again i'll call you and tell you you're an asshole Okay. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, let's let's go ahead and get into the Trinity. All right. Okay. Let's let's talk about let's talk about uh, let's talk about Wonder Woman right now. What do you think? I mean, look, I I think one of the one of the shame 
spots in uh in in the tighter verse has been gal gadot as a wonder woman mm-hmm. and uh and you know I, I thought she was great in this um i loved wonder woman in this movie so much more than than the in the in the in the whedon version you know she had some good stuff in the whedon version but like something about her in this was just so much more powerful and so much more striking that okay. I, I loved seeing her in action in this movie and and that opening sequence uh, with with the terrorists in in, in London uh, is so much better than what what Whedon did. I rewatched that scene last night, and it is uh, cut short. It is she's completely shortchanged in it. One of the most powerful moments in that scene is is completely removed. Uh, what what Snyder did in that scene alone, uh, a kind of like I don't want to say redeemed, but made me forget how much I disliked Wonder Woman in 1984. Okay. Because I was like, this scene right here is freaking Wonder Woman being just a total badass, and being everything she's supposed to be. Like, like for whatever reason, like uh, Zach gets that character on, on on a level that I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure another uh, male director would. Well, I mean, you know, th- there's a lot of male directors out there. I don't want to, <laughs> I, I don't want to go that far. No, but to be but, fair, the only other male director who uh, had a chat at Wonder Woman was uh, Joss Whedon, and I didn't care much for what he did with her. So there you go. No, me neither. But let let's not remember <laughs> that before before the Snyder before Men of Steel was a thing. Uh, remember, Joss Whedon was supposed to be working on a uh, on a Wonder Woman movie, and he completely bailed on it. He also bailed on a Batwoman or Batgirl movie, I think, too. So. Yeah, I, I just don't think he quite. I don't think he understands DC characters. No, to, I don't either. I don't. To either. be honest, so. But um, no, I I like my only problem with the scene was I had flashbacks to um, Batman versus Superman when Batman is very slowly reloading his grenade launcher, and Superman is very slowly walking towards him. Uh, because Wonder Woman deflects like 30 bullets fired on full automatic and, but she's not fast enough to stop the guy from reloading. <laughs> I was like, really? No, I, I, like I said, I really liked what, what Zach did with the scene. Uh, the, the way he originally envisioned it. Uh, like I said, I thought, I thought Whedon cut that scene short and, and completely shortchanged Wonder Woman's character in the process with that. Um, because... I mean, as great as the action is, I loved Diana going to the hostages and talking to the hostages and checking on them and making sure they're okay and talking to that little girl. It was, I was like, this is Wonder Woman. This is what we're doing here. Yeah, no, I mean, that that, that stuff was, was all good. And, and, and you um, know, and, yeah, yeah. And, and that just carried through for the rest of the movie. I just was like, oh my gosh, this, this version of Wonder Woman is the one I'm in love with. This is so good. And, and her fight scenes with Steppenwolf, to the to the er, er, all of it was just so great. I I loved uh, her her uh, interactions with Alfred when Alfred's trying to teach her how to make tea because she's doing terrible at it. That was fun. <laughs> that, we, we haven't talked about Alfred, but uh, Jeremy Irons had a lot more to do in this movie and it was a lot more fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked him in the role, but I, there was one moment I was just kind of like, oh, shut up, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why are you such a control freak? You can't, can't just let let Wonder Woman make her own damn tea. Well, she, he's British, and she's doing it wrong. <laughs> I guess. I guess. He was offended that she was making tea so brutally. Yeah. I, I thought it was a funny scene. I, I enjoyed it. 
No, I, I, I liked it. And it, it didn't come off as like, you know, Alfred mansplaining to Wonder Woman about tea. At no. least I didn't think so, did you? No. Why, no, why would it? I, well, again, that, that might be some something that someone might might take as a... I mean, whatever. Let's not go there. <laughs> no, please. I'm, I'm not. I'm not canceling Alfred. Okay. Hell no. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I really liked all that. I loved. I loved the stuff where, uh, with with the, the, the I'm sorry, with the Amazons when they fired the arrow and just to go to the scene, go to the the temple, and she goes underground and, you know, sees the the, what do you call those? Like the, the wall paintings. That the depict, glyphs. The yeah, yeah. That depict the whole battle beforehand. I loved all yeah, that, that so much. Good. I was like, "This is so cool." I liked that there was uh, not like a mystery element, but sort of like we have to we have to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. And and I I really liked the way that played out. I thought that was really really neat. Uh, so I I you know I won't go as far as saying that in Whedon's version of Wonder Woman got done dirty, but she's so much more herself the way that I like her to be in this one. I mean, to me, this is just more what more. Wonder Woman in in the in the, in the best possible way. Yeah, I agree. Um, it felt it felt more uh, cohesive to the Wonder Woman that we see in in Batman versus Superman. Yeah, so. and I also liked that they kind of they they, they got rid of like this um, this needless flirting between Batman and Wonder Woman as well. There's a touch of it. A touch of it, but it's more obvious in Whedon's version. It, it is a lot more obvious in Whedon's version but that's you know I, I didn't necessarily mind it in, in Whedon's version so yeah, that's fair enough but it's just one of the one of those things where I was like man I don't know if we really need this in here no they don't it's one of those things they just kind of toss in I, I think because it's like I don't know I guess they feel like they have to have some kind of romantic yeah, like thing going on but... thing going on or something like that because that's the only way women will watch this movie Mark uh, yeah I guess <laughs> see the sexual tension between Batman and Wonder Woman because <laughs> that's apparently a thing i guess i don't know well i my understanding is in like the the bruce tim justice league cartoon they they kind of flirted with that idea a little bit i've seen some some clips no, and, online and they, they've done it in the comics too it, it's just uh yeah. it just seemed a little i don't know uh i don't know it just seemed a little much it, 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 a little forced yeah the world's about yeah. to end hey babe yeah, so I don't know. I, I dug Wonder Woman in this a lot more. Uh, you got anything else you want to say about her character arc in this or anything? No, you know, I I, I thought she was great as 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 Gal Gadot has 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 been as this character. Yeah, and and again, I'll I'll say it again. I, I one of the, my biggest uh, enjoyments of this was was her and and kind of like the reminders, like you know what Wonder, Wonder Woman eighty four may not have been. Uh, my favorite movie in a while, <laughs> but she's a great character. She and, and, and Gal Gadot's doing a fantastic job as her. So I love seeing her kind of like, you know, back in the swing of things. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Wonder Woman 84 yet. Um, so I, I don't have that bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. So no, this was a nice palate cleanser for, for that character in my opinion. Um, All right. Let's go to the big blue himself. The big, the, you know, the big Boy Scout. Uh, Superman. Spends his movie dead for about half of it. Maybe a little more than half, half of it. Half the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's very dead. Uh, yeah. What did you think to his arc? Um... And by extension, we should talk about Lois and, and, and Martha. So, so feel free to no, talk about No, we definitely should. Yeah. Um... 
Gosh, I, I don't... As far as his arc is concerned, I, I guess it was okay. Um, I guess he, he had to die to stop being such a jerk. I don't know. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this version of Superman. I don't. <laughs> he had to die to stop being a jerk. Yeah, he, he's a jerk in Man of Steel. Yeah, he kind of is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No, wait. I don't Man, like... in Man of Steel. In Man of Steel. Oh, I thought. He, I... And, pro- and probably Batman versus Superman. I, was saying, I thought it was more of, a, more of a button. Batman versus Superman. His uh, his idea. You know, his like, you know. Don't let me see you in Gotham anymore. I'm Superman. You, you Batman, you're bad. Well, just that, and when when he when he shows up to fight when he shows up to fight Batman, like he doesn't realize what's what's happened to him that that Batman has depowered him with the kryptonite, and he just swings at him full force, ready to take his head off. Well, I mean, to be fair, Batman's a bit of a jerk in that movie too. So, I mean, it's a, not really. Should we call it? Should we, should we call it a jerk off? <laughs> Ah. <laughs> ah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, um. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know his arc. He doesn't really it, like in this movie alone. He doesn't really have an arc. He just kind of wakes up. He's a little bit out of it, and then he's like, "Um, oh, I'm, I'm cool with everyone." I'm like, okay, but yeah, I um, I no, go ahead. please go ahead. I was, saying, I, I can't remember if this was in in Whedon's version or not. Uh, but but I, I liked him showing up uh, and talking to Alfred and kind of getting the scoop on everything, as opposed to like my my, mem- my memory of Whedon's version is he just kind of swoops in like Gandalf in in the Two Towers. He does, yeah. the The scene with Alfred is is not there, and I and I did like that. I did enjoy that scene. Yes, and um, I, I like I like how he how Alfred called him uh, Master Clark. I thought that was cute. Master Kent. Master Kent. Yes. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that um, a bit. Yeah, no, I, I I thought that was good. Um, they did a fantastic job with the upper lip situation. Well, you know, I was wondering about that. Uh, let me uh, hang on. I'm, I was leaning down to pour a beer. Um, I was I was thinking about that, and I was very very curious because, um, my recollection of that situation was that. Uh, uh, Henry Cavill, who I love, as I've said on this podcast before, uh, I want I him. I want him to be be my best friend. Um, okay. Uh, my recollection of the situation was that he had to come back for the reshoots while he was doing uh, Mission Impossible. He couldn't yes. shave the stash. But weren't the majority of the reshoots done by Joss Whedon? So weren't all those thrown out? That's true, I, and I didn't think about that, but. Um, my understanding is, is that they did, they did get some of the actors back to shoot new stuff for this version. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not sure Cavill was. Uh, yeah, he would have, he would have shaved by then. So yeah, yeah, maybe it wasn't an issue. Maybe I was, cause I was looking at it and I was like, wow, they did a really good job, but maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it just wasn't an issue to begin with. I did I didn't think about that. No, it's funny. As, as I, as I mentioned, I, I, I kind of watched like the first half an hour or so of, of, of Whedon's version. And I, I, you know, there's a lot I'd forgotten from the beginning of that movie because, as as I said earlier, like the the more I watched it, the more I hated it. Um, but it, it, the movie actually opens with like that weird, uh, like uh, uh, cell phone yeah, footage. The cell phone footage, and in that cell phone footage, in in particular, you can tell he has a fake lip. 
It's so awful. It looks like bucktoothed or something. Yeah, it, it's, it's very strange. It's not great. And, uh, you know, again, that was one of those scenes I was like, I'm so glad this isn't in the movie. This wasn't something that Zach did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, you're you're not wrong in that his arc is is not really an arc necessarily. Um, one of my biggest questions that I had was, you know, Batman is supposed to be a really smart guy, and yeah. and we'll, we'll talk more about him later in the movie, or I'm sorry, later in the in the show. I actually, you know, he's up next if you're keeping count. Um, yes. But 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 in their plan to resurrect Superman, has the he never has Batman never read like Frankenstein, <laughs> like maybe <laughs> maybe having Lois involved in your plan would have been a good step to avoid the confrontation that was basically inevitable as you have, have uh, resurrected uh, Bat as you resurrected resurrected Superman. And let let's also put it in in, in Batman terms. I, I would imagine this Batman has fought Ra's al Ghul. He knows about Lazarus pits. Let's just imagine. Let's just, let's just pretend this Batman knows all that stuff. When you come out of the Lazarus pit, you're kind of pissed off. You start a fight. That's true. Yeah, I, I didn't consider that. Um, yeah, you know, it stands to reason that that he would think the guy is not going to be himself. No, and, um, that, and that, that is a critique I had in Whedon's version as well because that was obviously a Zack scene. But I was I was like, why isn't Lois involved in this plan? Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like Lois should have something to say about uh, her loving man being uh, resurrected. Uh, you know, maybe he just didn't want to deal with any kind of arguments. I also, uh, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like Lois has a smaller role in this movie than uh, she did in in Whedon's version. Uh, like her her scenes are are much more centered. Uh, in very specific areas as, as opposed to the way we can kind of spread them out throughout his version. Um, I mean, I don't really remember uh, much about her from, from Whedon's version. Um, but I, I will say I thought Miley, I, I thought they, they did Lois wrong in this movie. Yeah, uh, just in, just in the sense that, I don't think it's it's Lois it's Lois Lane's character that she's just going to sit around and and mope after after Superman's death. She seems more like a character that would kind of immerse herself in her in her work well, to try and forget about it. I mean that's I mean we've seen this. Let's not forget that the death of Superman is based on the death of Superman the comic. Right. <laughs> you know Lois Lane was very much involved in 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 her work still and and, and covering the story and and you know, exposing everything that was going on at the time. I mean, that that I agree with you on that. I, I feel like that was probably the one one of the one of the aspects that that um, I didn't agree with that she hasn't been back yeah. to work and, and that she's taken this leave of absence and you know she just like strokes her pillow now where Clark used to sleep. You know, I was like, nah, I don't know if I buy this shit. Yeah, see, yeah, it seemed a little bit a little bit out of character. Um, so okay, because I I didn't follow the death of Superman in the comic books as closely as you did, so so I didn't know exactly what they had done with her um no i mean so, obviously yeah. she was in mourning but i mean like you said she just she's a character who is so driven by her profession how it it, it, it defines her she throws herself into into that as well to to distract her from her mourning yeah yeah like i just think i don't know my i always think of margot kidder when i think of when i think of lois lane i'm just like yeah margot kidder wouldn't, wouldn't put up with that shit you, uh, you know it's it's so funny you say that because i i do feel like um well, I don't dislike 
Amy Adams' Lois. I feel like there hasn't been a great Lois on, t- on TV or movie in, in a little while. No. I, you know, I, maybe maybe Terry Hatcher. I, I remember her being pretty feisty. She's definitely feisty. It was very much a you know the '90s independent woman, I, and, and that was an okay take. I didn't have a problem with that. And I kind of like. I think I like this new Lois on the on this uh you know Superman and Lois show that's now on the CW. I think I like yeah. her, but it's a it's a little early for me to to 100% say that. But it's such a, it's also such a, such a different take on the characters, you know, with, with them having kids and stuff on that show. So it, I'm not sure it's a fair comparison. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I haven't seen it, so so I can't say. Yeah, but it 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 is a good version of, of Lois in the sense that like she, again, very driven by her profession and how it it, it, it defines her. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, yeah. Again, again, Superman's not in this movie. For, he's not in this movie a ton, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I like his entrance into the third act. I thought it was really uh, great when he shows up and he blocks that axe from going into Cyborg's head. Yeah, I, I didn't like the one-liner though. I didn't either. I, I'm yeah. glad you said that. That was the one thing that I was like, oh, that was what they came up with. Come on. It's kind of a lame line, and and it also just made me think like, yeah, it's super jerk. <laughs> oh, like, boo! Like, relax, everyone. Super jerk is here. Oh, that's not cool. Why are you calling him that? <laughs> I think Henry Cavill's a good Superman. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I think I think Henry Cavill is a very good Superman as well. But I think, like everyone else in these movies, he's he's not given the best stuff to work with. Uh, that, that that's fair. And and um. Listen, let's just tease it a little bit here. There may be a possibility that you and I are going to go and re-explore these, those movies in the very near future. I, I can't wait. Yeah, so, hey now, stay tuned. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wish he had a better one-liner, too. I'm not going to lie. But I, I enjoyed his displays of power, the way he fought Steppenwolf and the, and the Parademons and how he just kind of like got in step with the League and, and their, their plan. Again, you know, we, we haven't talked about the movie in, in Breakdown because it's a four-hour thing. So that, that would be the, like, the longest podcast ever. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, uh. But that third act is so so good, so darn good, and it's it, it's epicness meets what this movie should have been from the the first time around. Yeah, I I agree with that. And while we're talking about the third act, I should also mention how profoundly happy I am that there is no mention or sighting of a Russian family being attacked by parademons. What a <laughs> fucking travesty that was. Like, I I agree with you, but at the same time, I kind of missed it. I was... <laughs> Did you really? No, no. But I, I remember thinking, watching watching the Snyder Cut, thinking like, oh yeah, right about now is when the Flash would be trying to rescue that Russian family, and I just kind of laughed. Yeah, he's like pushing that, pushing that pickup truck down the road. Jesus yeah. Christ. So, <laughs> yeah, so terrible. So fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, were you stoked to see the black cost, the black Superman suit? A hundred percent. However, however, it, it's like as much as I, I liked it, you know, there when you know we see Clark return to his ship to pick out a Superman costume, and there is there is the blue, red, and gold behind him, and we don't see the one the one that he's looking at and. You know, he, he picks the, the black and silver. And, um, you know, but during that scene, we're hearing Jonathan Kent 
and and Jarrell and uh, narrating and, right, and talking right. about how he needs to be a symbol of hope. Great, great stuff. Yeah. I don't know if a black and silver costume is really going to inspire hope. Like it's kind of fear inspiring, right? It's very Batman. He's still in Batman yeah. and mojo. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, 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 I loved the look of the black and silver, but I, story-wise, I, given what they were going for, I, I think we need that that blue, blue, red, and gold. Yeah, I don't think you're uh, off base with that with that thought. I mean, I like seeing the black costume as much as anybody, partially because of its uh, sort of reference back to when Superman was killed in the comic books and his resurrection in the comic books. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not exactly the most uh, uh, optimistic of color schemes. Yeah, <laughs> looks like a and, he looks like a super duper uh, Oakland Raiders fan or a uh, Las Vegas Raiders fan. <laughs> and uh, it's you know it's incomplete without the mullet. <laughs> oh yeah, unfortunately we didn't get the Superman mullet in this movie. You're right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was uh, a great or you know early to mid '90s uh, look for Superman being resurrected with a with a mullet. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, I will be posting pictures of the super mullet on Instagram <laughs> once <laughs> once I post this show because you're, Mark's right, it's epic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about soups. Uh, I, I, I like I said, I'd love seeing I, I love seeing Cavill back in the role. Uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's a really great man. Has he been given the best material to work with? No, not so much. But yeah. I, I I don't think that takes away from necessarily. Uh, from how striking he is as the character, right? Yeah. I I do have I do have one question. Um, like I, you know, when when he first comes out of his ship and you know he's in the black costume and he's about to fly for the first time, you know he's got his fist on the ground and and, and the rocks yeah. start to rise up into the air and swirl around his arm. What like what is that all about? I feel like that was just a reference to like Man of Steel. No, it is, but I mean. How, how's he doing that? I, I feel like that that's him like building up his uh, his his charge, and then before he like takes off. Like he's yeah, but I could I could see I could see where the rocks would rattle and maybe even rise off the ground, but that they're swirling around his arm. I don't know. It just seems seems silly. Yeah, maybe it's a cool visual at least. I mean, it's an it's it's a nitpicky thing. Well, yeah, and I mean, like you said it already. I mean, Zack Snyder is very much uh, style over substance sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that could just be like a flourish of, of, of Snyder. Oh, and I was going to say, I was I was very happy to hear um, Hans Zimmer's Superman theme reincorporated into this movie. You know what? We didn't, we didn't talk about that, but uh, you're 100% right. I, I love that this movie's completely been like the music's been redone. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, I listen, I, I, I love Danny Elfman in general. Uh, but I, I, you know, his 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 music in 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 the Whedon version is not um, not my favorite. Uh, you know, I I still feel like that Whedon version was was very much trying to like copy like a Marvel vibe. Yeah. And, and they're like, well, Danny Elfman does really great themes that stick in people's brains. Let's just bring him on board and let him do this. Yeah, and it seemed like he just kind of like phoned it in and then added elements of you know the old Superman theme and his old. Batman theme and yeah, it just didn't just didn't quite work. Yeah, so I, I I did like that that aspect of the movie too that it was sort of scored differently and and uh, I thought it worked well and you know obviously there, there's a Zach's flourish for uh, you know using popular music at, at certain points here and there. 
Yeah, which, which I'm not a fan of. I, I, I just disagree with his, his choices in, in music. So, um, All right, let's talk about Bats. All right. Again, I, I, am, I am one of the few. I, I actually like Affleck as Batman. Um, and I thought he was better in this movie, too. Like I, I feel like Whedon kind of leaned on him. In, mm-hmm. in in his version and but but in, in an effort to kind of lighten his character I didn't like that I like what Zach did with him here and like how he's sort of turned bats into this character who is uh gonna take things on faith and, and believe in in that 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 Superman's gonna show up and believe that that things are gonna work out he's not quite the um negative Nancy that he was before yeah um you know i I have mixed feelings on on affleck as as batman um i think i think it just grew it it grew weary on me um you know because in batman versus superman i i I didn't have a problem but i know you know in, in the previous justice league i just thought like this is like this is terrible and also, you know, to to, Affle- to Affleck's defense, my understanding is is that that film was made, you know, when he was really going through some problems with with alcohol, and and I think that was that 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 was showing in the performance, um, you know. But I, I thought he was okay here, and uh, you know, he was he was serviceable, um, so. I don't know. I don't know how far into it you you want to get at this point, as far as as far as Batman goes. So, well, um, how far do you want to go? <laughs> I mean, we we can go. All, I, I I like the fact that they kept him out of costume for like half the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I thought, I I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, I hate that costume. The, the, the kind know. of like Dark Knight Returns knockoff that they're going for? Yeah, and it's not the fact that it's a Dark Knight Returns knockoff. It's just like, I don't understand why they bothered to get someone like Affleck, like super ripped for this role. And then they cover him in so much padding and armor that he looks like a stuffed turkey. <laughs> You know, like like he just looked very immobile for the character. Like that character needs to be nimble, and I I really feel like it, it was kind of a step backwards from from the direction Nolan had had taken with it in in Dark Knight in terms of making him a more agile character. Well, I mean, even even it, it felt like a step back even from uh, Batman versus Superman. Uh, you know, where you have that that what I think is a really great scene of, of Batman fighting those thugs and like multiple thugs at one time, which is one of the few yeah. things we haven't seen. Even I don't even think we got too much of that in, in the Nolan verse, you know, Batman taking on more than one opponent at once, you know, maybe a handful of times you got that. Yeah. But, I, but yeah, I mean that, that warehouse scene in, in BVS is, is great with the exception of all the times he gets shot in the head. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know, I, 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 I yeah, I, you know, I liked that. The, the, I, I like the arc of the character here, kind of like what you said that he's kind of more reliant on faith, and that he's 
he he's trying to amend for the uh, exactly the, yeah what he what, what, the whole what he did Superman. yeah yeah no no, I know I I agree hundred percent I I liked that you know he's he's putting this team together because he made a mistake and he made a promise to 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 Clark as he was dying. Um, yeah, I, I I did like that part of it, and I I like that we're sort of getting a different take on. I think that's one of the one of the things about the the Snyderverse that not enough people appreciate is that like we're getting takes on these characters that are fairly unique. Um, in that, I I feel like they pay homage to the the the, the characters that we know, mm-hmm. but they're doing different things with them, and I'm okay with that for the most part. Yeah, for for the most part. You know, yeah. I, I I like I I didn't have uh, as many problems with the changes to Superman's origin as as a lot of people did. Uh, you know, some of the more traditional uh, Superman fans. Um, and I, and while I kind of bumped up against uh, Affleck's use of guns in in BVS, <laughs> um, I, I I I again I, I sort of uh, let that go because I I was like you know what it's the Snyderverse, this is a different Batman. And I, you know, I, I, I want to be cool with that. Like, it's the DC, DC. You know, DC. I mean, D, what, what has DC taught us? Multiverse. We've, we've learned about the multiverse for a million years, and how there's different versions of these characters. This can be one of them. It's fine. The, the, the roots are there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 kind of agree. But I, you know, we've, we've been getting, we've been getting multiverse Batman that uses guns since you know 1989. Well, um, yeah. Although Nolan did, didn't really do that, and and he certainly tried uh, to kind of have the character stick to his code of, of no killing. Well, I, but I, um, I've, I've, I mean, I've talked about it on on this podcast before, where I, like DC, D, the DC audience is just so uh, uh, mired in the traditional uh, takes on their characters. Meanwhile, like Marvel's got like this really flexible. Uh, take on their characters where it's like it's 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 that character at its core but they spin it differently and and everyone loves it like for some reason like the dc characters can't have this happen everyone's like that's well, not superman that's not my superman well guess what the fucking peter quill that's in guardians of the galaxy is not the one that was in the comics but everyone loved it <laughs> I, I agree with what you're saying but i i think in in terms of the Snyderverse, i you know Batman not killing, I think, is a very core thing I, I, about that character. I do agree, but same, we're, same but, thing. Same thing with Superman. Like, yeah, you yeah. know. So, well, unlike Batman, I mean, we saw that that Superman killing Zod was a, a painful act for him. Um, and and meanwhile, we're, I think we you know we're supposed to go off of that that this is a changed Batman because of what's happened and 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 you know the situation with Robin has sort of changed him and his approach to. to crime and the years of uh, abuse and i don't you know we don't we, this is not a road to go down on right now necessarily this is this is definitely right. a conversation for for uh, future episodes when we when we do what we teased yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean I, I again i don't have the issues with, with affleck's batman and I, I i enjoyed him in this movie quite a bit he was like less suicidal which i enjoyed okay you know it was it, whedon's batman sort of had like a death wish Okay, yeah, yeah, he kind of did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah and so I, I like that this this Batman wasn't trying to die to save the world necessarily. Like this is a Batman who's going to put his life on the line a hundred percent. Like there's no doubt about that. But he wasn't like, I'm going to kill myself to save everyone. <laughs> um, th- th- he he doesn't. 
does he in the in the Whedon version? That's not something I forgot. Is no, it? I think I think I want to say Superman like intercedes and and you know. Okay. Uh, but I, I'll I'll get back to that as as I finish watching the the, the Whedon version in three to eight months. Yeah. So <laughs> I can only watch be, it in, be, in five minute intervals. <laughs> because I I was kind of wondering if, if they were going to go that that direction with it and 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 have Batman end up dying especially when there was the line between um wonder woman and aquaman uh when they were digging up clark's uh body there was the line that like uh you know for everything given something has to be taken right return right so so it's kind of like oh i like I, i definitely felt like if not batman like like someone was gonna, one of them was gonna end up dying in this, and, and spoilers that that doesn't happen. Yeah, no, but, I, um, yeah, I, I wondered the same thing, um, and I wonder if uh, when they said that line, I I, I kind of thought the same thing that you did that someone was gonna you know maybe have to pay the price here. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't happen unless like Zach's take on it is well, Steppenwolf paid for Superman's resurrection, and I'm like, well, that's kind of weird and weak, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I, you know what? Yeah, I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a Snyderverse. I guess it makes sense in that context. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was, I was going to say, it, it, like, you know, as, as far as the, the, the Batman using guns stuff, um, you know, all, all I want, it's, it's kind of like what, what I was saying at the very beginning of this, which is like, like, look, there, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that bumps up against me, but I found this movie immensely entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, Batman using guns, yeah, it definitely bumps up against me. But at the same time, when they when they land in Russia in the third act to raid the compound, and he shuts off the lights in the ship, and he turns on the lights in the Batmobile and just starts mowing down parademons, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it was great. It's awesome, <laughs> you know? It, it's it's nice to have like disposable uh, uh, thugs that you can basically just mow down because they're they're not really like a you know alive I suppose in a sense. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, it's one of those things. It, it's like a, it's just a mixed bag. It's like it bumps up against me on the one hand, but on the other, it's like man, that like this is entertaining and, and this is fun <laughs> and exciting. Yeah. No, I I would definitely agree with you on that. Um, I, I feel like that we've okay, so we've covered all the characters. Unless you have anything else to say about Batman, uh, no, I, I I don't think so. Uh, oh, you well, I I would have liked to have seen them do more with him in the third act, other than just kind of hold off the parademons while the metahumans deal with Steppenwolf. Yeah. I, I wish they would have incorporated him into the fight that way you know as long as he's not driving around trying to save like some russian family i was okay with it <laughs> okay so right. fucking relieved that wasn't in the movie <laughs> I, I was certain it wasn't going to no, be no I, I, I mean that was like one of the you know watching the whedon version the first time around when, when i was in theaters I, you know you spend a lot of time like i bet this is a whedon thing i bet this is a zach yeah. thing i knew without a fucking shadow of a doubt that that goddamn russian family was a whedon thing Oh, a hundred percent. Like there was no doubt in my mind that like this is fucking stupid. Yeah, because it, it it just it it was so reminiscent of all those kind of like little moments in the first two Avengers movies when like they go out of their way to save someone. Yeah, it was, which I get it. You want to show your heroes being heroes, but right, it but was just it was like it was awful. like it was yeah it was like it was like Joss decided there needed to be like some kind of like human element 
to this battle of, of the gods kind of thing. And I was like, no, no, yeah, there really no. doesn't need to be that element. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong, wrong time to, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> That's what I think about that. <laughs> but uh, uh, that, that third act, so good. I, I loved every second of it. Uh, how did you enjoy uh, Steppenwolf's demise? Because I thought it was so much I, better than what we got the first time around. I think it was so much better, and I just cracked up at the same time because, uh, you know, again, it's kind of one of those things. We we, we come to our characters uh, uh, killing, right? We come to our heroes killing. And, and not, you know, Wonder Woman has killed before. I don't know about uh, Aquaman. Um, and I didn't really have a problem with it because this is a, a, a world-ending threat. So it was like, yeah, cut cut that fucker's head off. Like, like who cares? <laughs> like, like, that's what you do. But, um, like, I, at the same time, I just thought it was hilarious because there is a, like, like, there's a moment where Superman is just beating the shit out of Steppenwolf. Like, he is <laughs> literally beating him to death. Yeah. And, and Wonder <laughs> Woman and Aquaman are just standing by smiling. Like, yeah. <laughs> Get him. Get him. <laughs> that was his, that was was his plan, Ray. Get him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I loved it. And I loved that, like, you know, you had the boom tube open and, and, and Darkseid and Desaad and, and Granny Goodness are just sitting there watching it happen. And, you know, uh, Sevenwell's body's flying towards a boom tube as Wonder Woman fucking separates his head from his shoulders. And that's that's what comes crashing through the tube. I, I was like, this is so much fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. like, what a great way to kill this character. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and just, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, it. we kill him as a team. Yes, <laughs> like... exactly. We kill him as a team. It was fantastic. And the, the fact that Aquaman stabbed him in the back. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> it was really great. Yeah. Uh, you know, Momoa gets him up on the trident, it, you know, where'd you get a trident? <laughs> that's uh, Anchorman not Aquaman sorry <laughs> ah gotcha <laughs> no I really I really dug it it was so much more of a of a, of a fitting battle royale for like this this I guess like I said at the beginning like this really grandiose epic movie uh, that we didn't get before because for some reason Whedon thought like making it smaller was a better idea and it's like no 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 man this is just like you gotta go for it yeah you gotta go big I, yeah I don't know I don't know why he would think that. I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. Nothing good, apparently. Yeah. So. Um, so. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I I really dug it. Again, if you if you watch the end of of Whedon's version uh, with with the parademons turning on, on a Steppenwolf, not satisfying at all. So. Yeah. 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 They they Sounds... Zach corrected that, quite well, I think. Yeah, and and. Like you said, um, or as, as you pointed out earlier, uh, the the stuff with the Flash there, and that's so third great. Act, yeah, like, I was gonna bring that back up again too, because this is where yeah. that, that Flash moment comes in, where you know Flash shows what Flash can do. Yeah, and and uh, it made me happy. It did. It, it was the best thing that Ezra Miller did for the for the role. Yeah, and um, you know, d- d- my whole thing was like, I, I just didn't like how how whiny he was. Yeah. 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 When yeah, he, he you know because he 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 gets grazed with uh with uh 
you know, won those shots from, from the parademons and he's just very, very whiny about it. And, and I, as a, and again, I, I, I don't necessarily blame Ezra Miller because he's just working with what he's got, but, um, it, it just, it just seemed like a, a, a disservice to the character. It's like, come on, like, like Barry Allen's better than that. And, and, you know, they, they definitely redeem him with, with what he does in, in order to, to save everyone. Come so. on, man. Come on, man. That's what you gotta say to Barry Allen. You gotta, come on, man. Well, cause I mean, okay. flash healing is pretty standardized. I mean, like, like, you know, he can use the speed force to accelerate his healing process. I mean, it, it's pretty basic flash shit. Yeah, that's true. I'd, I'd forgotten about that, but yeah. Yeah. And it was also in that scene, uh, where he, he showed his ability to phase. Uh, that he should be doing when he's going crashing through fucking windows instead of causing more property damage. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's 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 get nuts. All right, you ready to get nuts? We're running long, but I don't care because I mean this is a four hour movie that we're, four hour we're movie. that we're recapping here. Uh, you know we're and we're not even recapping it in 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 the sense that we're like we're talking about all the different plot points. Like we're just right. going through like by character and and we're running a little long, but we have to talk about specifically. The epilogue. Okay, let's, because, let's do it. Because this is this is the Michael Keaton. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Moment of this fucking movie. They definitely got nuts. They got nuts with this. What what was your take on this? The stuff with Luther and Deathstroke, and then the alternate future stuff. I mean, they were setting up movies we're never going to see. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You, so. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, the, you, you got the stuff with, with Darkseid and Luther that was supposedly going to set up the Ben Affleck-directed Batman film where where Dark, or, or Deathstroke knows that Bruce Wayne's Batman and that was going to be a whole thing. And yeah. then you get like the, the, the Batman dark future that comes true because, as Bruce alludes to earlier, he talks about that moment when the Flash popped in in BVS and warns him not to let her die. And then something happens and Lois is going to be dead. And uh, yeah. Superman goes, he breaks bad. Yeah. And now there's, there's this ragtag team of uh, Mohawk to Deathstroke. And uh, you got Mera and Cyborg, a weird version of the Flash with some kind of crazy armor. And, yeah. and, and, and Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I mean, this epilogue is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, from Jesse Eisenberg, even the Jesse Eisenberg stuff is crazy. And then you go to this. Yeah, so I, I thought the I thought the Jesse Eisenberg stuff was 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 better. I was glad that it didn't end with that. It's time to form a league of our own. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah. I was comments. waiting for uh, for Gina Davis to show up with uh, Lori Petty. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I still hate Deathstroke's armor. Um, <laughs> it's very clunky. Well, I think that's the thing. I, I think like a lot of the costumes in in the Snyderverse, like it 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 feels very clunky, and it, I'm just like, you're a ninja. How would you how would you move in that? that no, he's not really a ninja, but you know, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. He's a, he, yeah. he's a character who relies on his agility. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah, I didn't care for that, but that can always be rectified in in future movies if if they were to to ever get to them. Um, so. So yeah, that you know, we we've basically seen that ending before. It just has a different kind of different twist on it this time. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 nightmare world stuff. That's that's the thing that's that's really different this time. 
Um, and I, I mean, I was into it. I, you know, I liked it. I, I, I do think it's funny that that Batman is, you know, the world's basically ended. He is still rocking the mask. Um, <laughs> you know, doesn't, doesn't that seem a bit strange? Well, to and, you? and Zach obviously got Ben to come back and and do the reshoots for that. Yeah, and I th- I think that's great, and I I did like I I don't know if it was intentional because you know I'm 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 sure they weren't gonna have Affleck go through through all that training again to uh, to to bulk up for the role, but you kind of see how like the mask didn't quite fit anymore. Right, he had, right, he had, right. Like lost some weight, and I, I thought I thought even though that might have just been purely substantial. Um, because of the the way the film was made that it added a nice little touch of like yeah like the world's over they're probably all very hungry and and not eating as much so i i I thought that was cool um but yeah the the stuff with the joker i i'm not i'm not a jared leto fan i don't like his interpretation of of that character and i i didn't like it here either and um (laughs) I I don't yeah just like ooh Batman Batman dropped the f bomb. I don't know. I thought there were some interesting uh, uh, pieces of dialogue in there. Um, I'm I'm not saying that there weren't, but I, I sort of liked a, a, a Joker's analysis of Batman. Um, it was it was reminiscent. I don't want to I don't want to inv- invoke the the holy uh, killing joke on, on us here with you know by the legendary Alan Moore, but there was a certain. Uh, element of that of of Joker providing this this analysis this psychosis uh, exploring the psychosis of Batman that I really I really enjoyed and again I'm also on record as, as like I'm not the the hater on Leto's Joker as a lot of people are yeah um I thought I thought again I I'm I'm very comfortable with this with with there being uh, weird and crazy takes on on the characters. I'm I'm okay yeah. with that. Like I'm I'm okay with you showing me something different, something that I hadn't seen before. Especially with a character like the Joker, who is uh, a, such a such a uh, uh, um, I don't know for, for a jigsaw puzzle of a, of a character. Like you you can do a lot with the Joker as long as he's yeah. still the Joker at his in his essence. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I agree with that. I, you know, as long as the Joker, I I like the Joker as like sort of like a force of nature kind of thing. Like this, the yin to Batman's yang. I, as long as that's the dynamic, I'm completely okay with with weird different takes on him yeah that that's fine but you know i just don't no, just and, didn't and, care for the you, no and, and a lot of people agree with you and and that's you know that that's just you know that's fine too it's okay yeah uh you know i feel like he was better than he was in suicide squad but i just feel like that's not saying much uh, i mean suicide squad i think is another one of the situations of uh you, you, you know you get what you you get what you're you know you can only do what you can do with what you're what you got Right, you know, and I I don't think David Ayer's uh, script for Suicide Squad was as uh, tight as it should have been. So, right, yeah, true. So, I mean, that's a different problem. But I I like that that Zach felt that, and I, and he has talked about this how um, uh, uh, uh he felt that it was wrong, uh, you know, if the Snyderverse was going to be over, that this Batman and this Joker never met. So he wanted to rectify that with this scene, and I like that. I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, it feels a little forced, though. And what was that? That was that was that was me doing you. Like, like I don't know about that shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, it 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 just feels a little forced, and, and I, I almost feel like that's that's Zack Snyder kind of admitting that, like, yeah, I just stuck this in there because why not? Well, like I said, I mean, if if this is the end of the Snyderverse, you know, why not have that moment between these different iterations of the character before you know we move on to uh, um, you know Matt Reeves' version that's coming and you know stuff like that. I, yeah. I I was like I was like you know what that's that's kind of cool. I can make I can make that I can make that I can rationalize that in my brain. And and again, I I don't mind Leto's Joker as much as other people do. I just think yeah. it's, I think it's a unique take, um, you know. And I mean that being said, like everyone, the majority seems to really like uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix version of the Joker, which I don't care for, but that that's me. Yeah, I I mean you and I talked about it before. I you know my take on that was like yeah he played a good guy with uh, uh mental illness right but i don't think he played the joker so so we more or less agree on that but could you imagine like if they did done like a wandavision and they put joaquin phoenix's joker in there oh man no, no that would, <laughs> that that, that would have been wild like I, I probably would have dug it too honestly <laughs> like i like the idea of uh, you know, because I mean, that's the rumor for like the last two years that when they finally make this this fucking Flash movie, that they're doing Flashpoint and they're going to do multiverse stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, they mentioned the multiverse multiple times in this movie. So. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, they've been they've been planting these seeds, and it, it'll be up to Andy Machete if they're going to do it or not. Yeah. I mean, or, or, or if they can deliver it, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, no. 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 So I mean. And I I don't know if you have heard the story of like what's of, of Zach talking about what's going on in this epilogue scene, where he's sort of explaining how the Nightmare World came to be and stuff. Uh, I don't think so. Man. I, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's, oh. I mean, like I said, he's 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 setting up these movies that are never going to happen, and he wanted to get to like this Nightmare World movie, uh, mm-hmm. where where uh, Bruce Wayne has fallen in love with Lois while Superman was dead. I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, and that was sort of like the sort of like the impetus of how this nightmare world comes to be in this this Breaking Bad version of Superman. Right. And I, I, again, I, that's one of those things where I'm just like, okay, I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't doesn't necessarily. But I, I'd, I'd I mean, be a, a Bruce Wayne that falls that. in love with a grieving Lois—that's kind of creepy. That's kind of a creep move, right? That's like a, it's like a Will Ferrell in a, in a, in Wedding Crashers. <laughs> going to see uh, starts going to funerals. Oh, <laughs> uh, I vaguely remember that. But I mean, that, but that's a guy like trying to take advantage of someone grieving. I mean, there, there's a difference between that and like a genuine feeling. Well, I mean, Mar- and let's be honest. There's nothing sexier than a grieving widow. I mean, what do you, you know, come on, Mark. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> well, apparently that's Bruce, all, that's all you. Apparently that's Bruce Wayne's fetish. I don't know. Well, but again, like I just said, I, I think there's a difference between taking advantage of someone who's grieving. Well, no, I and... agreed. Agreed. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that's who Bruce Wayne is. That was more of a joke. But I mean, like, let's imagine Bruce's psychology here on this situation. Like, like it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Hey, I tried to kill your husband. Yeah. Come be with me. Now, uh, now I'm attracted to your sadness. It reminds me of when my parents were killed. What? Get the fuck out of here, you creep. <laughs> like that. All right. How's that All conversation right. going to go? I mean, that goes, I, that goes one way. Badly for Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I don't know. I, okay. 
<laughs> Alfred, meatloaf. What? <laughs> that's again. That's from Wedding Crashers. Come on, Mark. I've seen it once. Well, how dare you? Mm, no. You motorboat and son of a bitch. That's me. <laughs> oh man. Um, what else? You got any other thoughts about that epilogue or about any other parts of the movie? I feel like we we should be wrapping things up here. Hey, no, not not really. Nothing that that I think needs to be needs to be added at the moment. I I totally want to commend uh, Zack Snyder for the sheer fucking audacity of, of of basically pitching two movies that we'll never get to see. <laughs> I loved yeah, it. Yeah, more or less. I loved that that he did that. He's like, you know, again, I just loved that he was like, fuck it, here you go. This is like some of the shit I was thinking about. You're never gonna get it. Or are we? Or are we? I mean, listen, listen, this is a world where never say never. If Warner Brothers sees an opportunity to make money, if their HBO Max subscriptions go through the roof for, for the Snyder Cut, I mean, yeah. like we may we may see in a month that, you know, a, a press release that the Snyderverse is back and, and it's all go, all things are go. Affleck's back, Cavill's back. I mean, it, like, who knows? The skies could be the limit. If they're going to yeah. embrace the vault, if they're embracing the multiverse, then you can have a new Snyderverse coincide with this J.J. Abrams, Ta-Nehisi Coates Superman movie that's coming out. Like, right. fuck it, just go for it. Whip out all the Superman movies you want. Whip out all the Batman movies you want. Like, what else you got to go on on, Warner Brothers? Most of your movies are shit anyways. Are they? Shots fired. Yeah. Shots fired. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see how the new Dune turns out. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later, too. Don't worry. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, like I said, I, 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 I commend Zach uh, for, for, for just, you know, throw it all against the wall and see what happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, this is your shot. Shoot your shot and, 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 and leave it leave nothing on the table. Yeah. That being said, I have heard that there's about 20 minutes of this movie that he left on the table. Could you imagine that? Are you serious? Yeah. Apparently, there's even an even longer version of this movie somewhere. Oh, man. I, kind I, really, of want, I, I really want to see it. I kind of want to see it too. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think kind of, kind of doing a closing things up. You know, we, for for months now, I feel like I've been saying, you know, this could be an improved version of the Justice League movie, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good version of the Justice League movie. Uh, and I am very happy to say that that I was wrong. I think this is a very good Justice League movie and and a, a good movie overall. Like I've really enjoyed watching this thing. Yeah. Um... Yeah, um, man, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, it, it, it's like it's one of those things where it, it, it's kind of a mixed bag. You know, a lot of stuff bumps up against me, but but I I was thoroughly entertained from from beginning to end. And, you know, I, I'm of the like you were saying, if, if HBO Max subscriptions kind of go through the roof and, and they see an opportunity to to make money, I I would love to, to see what Zack Snyder has, has to offer for future films. And if they want to make another four hour justice league movie and put it in theaters, I will gladly go <laughs> and, and sit and watch it. Yeah. They, they like hearing that those Warner brothers, all those executives who listen to this podcast love hearing. You hear <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. How about it? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so I guess, in, I guess in closing, one of the things I wanted to say is, is, I, I guess I want to I want to commend all the people who who petitioned and and, and spent money and hounded uh, executives at, at Warner Brothers and and got uh, got all this support you know around the world 
to to uh, hashtag release the Snyder Cut because the Snyder Cut I think is pretty damn good. And, yeah, and the, I, those fans I agree. and those people was... they they should be commended for I... for this. Yeah, I, I thought it was a pipe dream. It was like you guys like this is never going to happen, and and it did, and and I'm glad it did. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and I'll be honest, I, I I I you know again, I said it a few minutes ago. Like I I, I wasn't convinced this movie would be good, uh, because I I uh, don't remember enjoying Batman vs Superman very much. <laughs> so I was like really like apprehensive about this. I didn't like. You know, again, I thought the first version of JLA was of Justice League was fine, but then on subsequent review review rewatches, didn't care for it. Thought it was dumb. Thought it was stupid. And I was like, well, what could what could Zach do to make me enjoy this movie? And and uh, I enjoy being proved wrong. I I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. Uh, and it's it's gonna be some one of these things that um, pop culture will 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 explore. For years to come, I think, because I mean, this is like a really unique situation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not every day. It's 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 almost not ever that that a, a director gets to to return to an uncompleted film that that was completed by someone else and 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 remake the version that that he intended, you know. And it's it's such a novelty, and I think it's worth watching. Simply, simply for that. Yeah, I mean, the the only other thing I can think that's even close to it is when they did the the Donner version of Superman two. That's the only thing I can yeah. think is even close. Yeah, hundred percent. It is like that, and and that that is that is a better version of of Superman two. Which is funny because I, <laughs> I you know, I'd seen Superman two the the Richard Lester version so many times that when I saw the Donner version, I was like, this is jarring. <laughs> Because you know, like there's so many beats that are familiar, but it's so different at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, un- unlike uh, the Whedon J- Justice League, uh, the you know Superman two, the Richard Lester version was was really uh, in- ingrained in in the wrinkles in my brain. Yeah, I mean it's it's all we had for for so many years, for yeah. for decades. And I, you know, it's, it's speaking of, of of Richard Donner, just because. Because it came up that that scene we were talking about in in the Snyder cut with um, uh, the the Flash saving Iris and the the driver dropping his burger yeah like that's what that felt like to me like like a Richard Donner like tribute such, yeah yeah like a like it's just like such a goofy setup for for an accident that you know the superhero is going to run in and, and and save the girl like like it, it just it felt very Donner esque. Well, since I mean, since we're bringing it up, I mean, would would a better Richard Donner tribute have been uh, when Steppenwolf goes to kill Cyborg and the axe crashes into Superman instead? Would it have been better if Soup said, "Care to take this outside?" Or care to step outside? (laughs) Would that that have been better? So beautiful. (laughs) I that that was my first thought too, but I thought if I said it earlier in the show, you would totally make fun of me. No, that just would have been wonderful. Care to step outside? That would have been great, right? Yeah, yeah and just like, like punch him through the through through the wall, you know? Yeah, just like, like straight up, like an uppercut straight to the ceiling, and then like flies up after him. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would have. <laughs> that that would have been the move that I made, but uh, they don't let me direct anything. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that is a good idea. They should at least hire you as a consultant. <laughs> you know, every now and again, Mark, I get those one-liners just right. <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, so I, I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad we both are on the same page with this one. And uh, you know, again, we alluded to it earlier, but you and I will be going back through the Snyderverse from the beginning and and and. Uh, revisiting them and 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 uh talking about them on future podcast episodes how exciting is that gonna be i'm i'm looking forward to it i really am too um mostly because mostly because i think man of steel is way better than people give it credit for but we'll talk about that on that show yeah and hey maybe i'll have changed my mind since the last time i watched it who knows yeah, you know, it's it's a film that that I hated at first, but kind of, you know, I there are things again, you know, there are things about it that that I like, and I haven't seen Batman versus Superman since theaters. I've only seen it the one time, so so I'm looking forward to to kind of revisiting that. The question will be: Should we do both versions of that movie? You know, the theatrical and then the the ultimate Snyder edition or whatever they called it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't know. That can be up to you because I'll, I'll watch the the ultimate edition just simply because I haven't seen it. But uh, you know, maybe maybe we should talk after we we watch one and decide whether or not we want to watch it a second time. No, we definitely will. We definitely yeah. will. and we can have this conversation off the show. Let's wrap it up because we are we are running way long today. But I think it was totally oh, yeah. worth it. Totally worth it. A great conversation. I'm glad you were able to join me for this one. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. All right, I will talk to you soon. Uh, everyone, stay tuned for more uh, conversations with Mark about the Snyderverse as as we go back in time. And uh, oh, the dogs are excited about it; they're ready to go for the Snyderverse. They love it in the Snyderverse. It's very dog friendly there. Lots of chew toys for them, so they're they're pumped. They're ready to go. <laughs> All, right. All right, we'll we'll hook up again soon, man. Thanks for doing this. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Bye. Bye. You need me. You. Lois. How'd she suffered so? I often wonder how many alternate timelines do you destroy the world because frankly, you don't have the colonies to die yourself. Hmm? So as usual, I'll be the bigger man. A truce, Bruce. <laughs> Ooh, there it is. That is the conversation. How about that one? We covered a four-hour movie in just about two hours. So about half the time it would have taken you to watch Justice League Snyder Cut. Uh, you could listen to our podcast recap. <laughs> the, the big character moments, at least. Uh, you know, I... I enjoyed breaking it down by the characters as opposed to trying to do like a beat-by-beat, scene-by-scene sort of recapping of the movie. Uh, This way we cover all of our characters. We make sure we talk about the important moments, not-so-great moments, the oddity of grabbing a hot dog from midair and putting it in your your pocket. You know, got all of that stuff covered. So, uh, again, I thank my brother Mark for joining us for the conversation because it was a lot of fun to go back and, and... uh, see this new version of Snyder of, of Justice League in the Snyder Cut version, the the much ballyhooed, the the one that the the fans demanded 
they demanded Warner Brothers. They demanded the powers that be at Warner Brothers to make this happen, and it happened. And and you know, as we sort of talked about a little bit, uh, you know, much credit goes out to to the fans who uh, rallied together and 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 you know made it happen. You know, they 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 pooled money together. They did fundraisers. They they did put up billboards in front of executive offices. I mean, it it, it was um, just a, a powerhouse showing from a fan base who was desperate to see the conclusion of, of Zack Snyder's vision of the movies that he started with Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and then to be culminated with his Justice League. Uh, that was that was um, not to be for a long time. So so again, much credit and and and. Um, yeah, we'll just say credit going to those people to, to for for making this a, a reality. Uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of credit goes to, to Warner Brothers for allowing it to happen, and and um, for Zack Snyder for embracing it and and putting the time and effort and and energy and passion into making this thing happen. Because as as I said, as we said in the podcast, I enjoyed this movie. I really, really did. Um, you know, and I I want to mention too one of the things we didn't talk about in our recap was sort of the inclusion of other little DC Comics Easter eggs. You know, they talked about the we, we had Ryan Choi working at Star Labs along with uh, Victor Stone's father. And he talks about how his specialty is, uh, um, oh, I forget what they said, but it's basically miniaturization, like hinting that the Atom would possibly be coming in the Snyderverse in a future film, in the next installment of Justice League. So, you know, there's there's a, a lot of neat little things like that to find in the movie to to pull out for yourself and and. Uh, to enjoy on a unique level, and um, you know, I think, like I said, I think we covered the majority of it all. But again, we didn't talk about about Choi showing up, but that was really neat. I liked seeing that, <laughs> and the Adam is a really cool character. Just for the record, all right. Well, this podcast has gone on way, way too long. We are we are far over our our allotted time for, for this program. So let's go ahead and and thank the important people. For making this podcast happen, and that would be the official members of Pophead Nation, which you can become if you sign up today over at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. Thank you so much to those valuable official members of Pophead Nation, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. Jeff is the co-host of The Ring and Ear, a fantastic music podcast that I recommend. Check that one out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the evil circles. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our newest, our newest, our newest Patreons, but our, more importantly, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing Company, right here in San Diego, who make so many of the fine, fine beers that we enjoy on this podcast. And remember, we are on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Amazon Music, Audible, we're on all of them. We are on all of them. We are everywhere. We are we like like Dark Side, the Tomcast Popcast is. And they didn't do that in the movie, so maybe you don't get that reference. But trust me, if you know the comics, you know that's a thing. Alright, let's wrap it up. We'll be back very, very soon with another exciting installment of the Tomcast Popcast, covering all your favorite aspects of pop culture and comic books, movies, TVs. We get to some video games, we get to some all, all kinds of good stuff. Thank you for listening. I am Tom. Ciao, babes. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!